Well, good morning. How are we doing, church? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Well, I'm not the backup pastor. I actually am a pastor here. I'm the worship pastor, but it's so good to see you guys. Um, great worship. Man, wasn't that awesome? I love, I love being led in worship, so I, I don't get that chance very often because I'm usually having to prepare and sing and stay focused, and I usually have my headphones in so I can hear what's going on, but man, I just loved sitting in the congregation and, and hearing the voices and looking around at everybody singing. First service, there was a, a, a young girl, she, I think she's had to be like maybe eight, but she was just like singing her heart out, and that just like, that almost touched my heart, just being like, we can be a church that's that uh, doesn't care what we're singing, whether it's you know, hymns or it's, it's new songs, but we're going to go before the Lord and sing praises to him because he deserves it. Amen? Amen. I love that. Well, <laughs> it's so good to see you. I'm very excited that I get to, to share with you guys um, this morning. We're in a series called Why God? And it's all about navigating through uh, the different storms in life. And, and really, a lot of times when we go through these difficult situations in life, um, we asked this question, why God? And, and last week, Jeremy, he, uh, he talked about uh, a Job and just the different things that he went through and how was, he was able to still uh, maintain faith in him, which was truly incredible. Today, I want to explore a little bit about how God can knowingly send you into a storm and that there is purpose in it. How many of us has walked through a trial that we didn't really ask for, right? I think everyone, we, we don't ask, Jesus, give me something difficult. I'm really craving that, right? We don't say that. Or, or how many of you, when you're in that difficult situation, ever wonder, does Jesus really care? Does he really care that I'm going through this right now? Nobody seems to care. It seems like I'm the only one getting wet, right? Or how many of you here feel like you go from one storm or one difficult situation and you think you're in the clear just to land yourself into another storm, another difficult situation? Anybody here feel that way sometimes? Right. Well, today I want to be looking at Matthew 14. And so if you have your Bibles, you can... Um, go there, and, and it's probably a story that you've heard about growing up, whether it be in Sunday school. Uh, it's a story of Jesus walking on the water. And if you don't have your Bibles here today, you can uh, download uh, the Bible app. It's called, um, I think, the, just the Bible app, and it's by Version. so that's at the App Store. You can get that. It's really awesome. Uh, otherwise, there's Bibles underneath um, your chair in front of you. So if you don't have a Bible, I'd encourage you, you can take that, and you can have that one. You can keep it um, free of charge. We just believe that uh, everyone should have a copy of God's Word, so we'd love for you to take that and, and take that home. So yes, today I want to talk about Matthew 14 and how God can knowingly send you in a storm on purpose. And hopefully we'll be able to look at this from another angle and, and, and get another perspective and, and to see that God does have a purpose for the storms in life. And it's going to be awesome that we're able to wrestle with this uh, together. So let's, let's turn to Matthew 14. We're going to start in verse 22. And it says, immediately after this. So Jesus just got done feeding the 5,000. How many know that story about the five loaves 
and the two fish. It's a story where, where Jesus has been teaching and, and ends up deciding that we have to feed, he has to feed all these people that have been listening to him. And his disciples were freaking out because they were like, one, where are we going to find this food? And, and, and two, how are we going to pay for it? And Jesus ends up showing his disciples that he can be their provider, right? And, and actually in the scripture, it, it talks about there being, after Jesus fed everybody, being 12 baskets left. And I wonder if that was done on purpose, one basket for each of the disciples. So Jesus just got done showing his disciples that he can be their provider, right? Their, their needs are going to be met. Man, if I was a disciple during that time, I'll know that I'll never go hungry because I'd be like, Jesus, I know you did this before, so can you turn this into some food? I'm hungry. He, so they knew that they could be his provider, and they're going to find out, as we're going to read, that he can also be their protector. But in order for Jesus to show them that he's also their protector, he needs to send them into something that they need protecting from. So as we continue reading, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent people home. After sending them home, he went up the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. And meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Now, the disciples were on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. And what's interesting about the Sea of Galilee, here's a picture of it. Uh, it's about 700 feet below sea level. And then it's surrounded, you can kind of see uh, the hills. It's surrounded by hills that some uh, are, are 2,000 feet above sea level. And really, it's kind of a shallow lake. It's um, at some of the, the max depth, it's, it's 200 feet. Uh, kind of a lot like Lake Erie, as I was researching, though Lake Erie is, is much larger uh, body of water. But what was interesting is, is water that is that shallow can be whipped around um, by the wind and, and create these waves, right? How many realize or how many have seen waves on Lake Michigan and how big they can get? right? And so what would happen is that these, this wind, this cool air would come down from the hills and it would meet with the warm air uh, that's uh, above the lake. And literally a storm could happen out of nowhere. And so the disciples, they had no idea what they were getting into, right? They had no idea that they were heading right into a storm, but Jesus did. You know, if you look back at verse 22, it says that immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back in the boat. And so when I was reading this, I was wondering, why in the world would Jesus knowingly send his disciples into a storm? Hmm. Right? The disciples had no idea. And why would he do that? His friends, his followers, his disciples into the storm. You know, how many of us find ourselves caught up in a storm that seems to happen out of nowhere, right? Life is going good, and then all of a sudden, a storm hits, and then you're faced with these difficult situations. The disciples had no idea, and I think it's important that we wrestle with this, wrestle with this idea that Jesus sometimes knowingly sends the people that he loves into storms. You know, oftentimes when we go through a storm in life, 
uh, our, our, our gut reaction or our first response is usually, it's the devil, right? It's like something going wrong. It's, it's the devil messing with me. And, you know, I, I do believe that there's, there's um, spiritual warfare. You know, the, the Bible talks about um, uh, uh, Satan roaming around like a lion looking for those uh, for whom he could devour. And, and I, so I, I do believe that. But sometimes <clears throat> I think there's other things that cause storms in life, right? For example, sometimes we cause our own storms, right? If, if, I'm, uh, if, I'm, if I go speeding down Calumet and I get a ticket, uh, that's not the devil putting me through a storm, right? That's me being foolish and, and going faster than I should. And so that's a storm that I've created for myself. You know, as I was sharing um, with my wife what I was going to talk about, my wife made a good point. She said, you know, sometimes we go in storms because of other people's sin, right? That happens to us. We live in a broken world, and that's so true. But here in scriptures, it seems that Jesus is sending his disciples into the storm. And I believe that sometimes God sends us to the storm, and it's not because anything we've done, but there is a purpose in it. There's a purpose behind it. You know, here in the scriptures, we see Jesus sending his followers smack dab in the middle of harm's way, in the middle of a storm where the waves are crashing over the boat, right? This, is, this storm was way more than the disciples could handle. And, you know, that says that the disciples were roaring for hours in this storm. They were struggling in this difficulty. You know, sometimes I, I, I hear all these different cliches that sound good, right? One of, the, one of them being, um, the safest place to be is in the will of the Lord. How many have heard that before? Well, according to scriptures, in the middle of the storm on the Sea of Galilee, where, where the waves were going over the boat, I'm pretty sure that was not the safest place to be, right? And the disciples were just following what Jesus said, right? We, we read in on verse 20, 22 that Jesus insisted that they go in the boat. So they were just following what Jesus said, right? And that, that, that's, that place in the, on the Sea of Galilee was not the safest place for them. Or how, how about this cliche? I, I love this one. It says, be patient, never get ahead of God. You know, I, I've heard that one before. I remember as a teenager, I was always trying uh, to get a girlfriend in high school. And, and I remember people always said, Kyle, you, you know, just don't get ahead of God. And I'm like, well, what? I play piano. Like, that should be a good point, right? That should be a, a cool factor, right? No. Girls are like, that's just a nerdy music guy. <clears throat> but, I, but I've heard that. You know, you hear that. Don't ever get ahead of God. But we see in the scriptures, Jesus sending his disciples ahead of him, right? Crazy. Or how about this one? God will never give you more than you can handle. I, come on, we've heard that one before, right? What is up with that? That storm was way more than the disciples could handle. You know, I think it's important sometimes we hear cliches, right, that sound like truth. Or they make us feel good, but they are not always truth. Cliches can sound good or true or make us feel good, but they are not always the truth. Church, we got to be taking everything we hear and lining it up with the scriptures, right, with what God's word says. Amen? Amen. All right, you guys are, you guys are kind of awake. Maybe get some more coffee. <laughs> no, I love it. Well, let's turn to... Uh, 
let's turn to Mark. Let's turn to Mark chapter 6. And so Mark is another one of the Gospels along with Matthew. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And basically, uh, the Gospels are four different perspectives of the same story. So oftentimes, when I'm reading through a story like Jesus walking on the water, I'll read it in, in Mark, and then I'll try to get a different perspective and see, see what like Mark has to say or what some of the other Gospels have to say. And it's interesting because each of the writers have a different personality. So I love Mark because he's always portraying Jesus on the move. It's just like from one thing to the other. Like he's feeding 5,000, and then he's up there praying, and then he's walking on water, and then he's healing sick. And it just goes to show that, that Mark, had, Mark goes to show that Jesus had no time to waste while he was here on earth. Whereas Luke, Luke does a lot of like editorial comments. He, he talks about dates and times and a lot about history, but it's really neat um, comparing their different perspectives. And so uh, let's turn to Mark uh, with me, Mark chapter 6, and we're going to start reading on verse 48. <clears throat> it says that he saw, and you can put that on the slide, he says he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Amazing. Jesus sees that his disciples are in trouble. And, I, you know, here, growing up and hearing this story, I'm like, you know what? Jesus is not going to let anything happen to his disciples because, you know what? It's Jesus, right? He's with his uh, people that he loves. But this next part kind of baffled me. This next part says, he intended to go past them. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. And the part that baffled me was, he intended to go past him. What? Are you kidding me? So first, let me get this straight. So first, Jesus sends his disciples into the middle of a storm, and while he's up there praying, he sees that his disciples are in trouble, and he goes down on the water, and he means to miss them. He means to walk past them. Does this, does this like, concern anybody? I mean, I, I, and that's why I think it's important that we wrestle with this. You know, how many of us here thought that we knew somebody's expectations, but were totally wrong? Right? That's happened to us. You know, I have, a, I have a funny story, and it actually happened in this sanctuary, in this room. It was a couple weeks ago, and it was, it was right after I got done leading worship, and it was between the first service and second service. And, and a lot of you know that I just recently got married, which I'm really loving that, and so my family was coming. They usually come to second service. And, and talk about, you know, being, becoming a dad. I have, I have a daughter named Mara. And uh, it's just incredible. That's, th those are storms in life, too, trying to navigate being a dad. That's, that's crazy. But this story, uh, I see my wife, and so I kind of give a kissy face to her as I'm coming down. I'm coming down from stage. It's what we do. It's what the cool people do, right? <laughs> and so, and I see my daughter. And so I started getting this, you know, overwhelming feeling in my chest, seeing my wife and seeing my daughter walk in. And I'm like, this is going to be incredible. I'm going to run towards them, and I'm going to embrace, you know, I, I could tell that, that Mara, you know, her hair was bobbing up and down as she was walking, and I'm like, this is going to be a perfect embrace. This is going to be a Kodak moment, right? I, I imagine um, swooping down, picking her up, and just, you know, twirling her, twirling her around, like, I'm looking into her eyes, she's looking into my eyes, and, you know, nobody else is around, it's just me and her. And so I start, start running, and, it, and it, everything is going in slow motion, so I'm running, towards her. She's running towards me. There's giggling going on. I'm, it's probably me giggling, not her. 
and I'm just about to swoop down and pick her up, and she walks right past me. I'm like, what? She wanted to hug one of her punk friends. I couldn't believe it. I know that's a funny story, but when I was reading these scriptures, I was like, why would God, why would Jesus send his disciples into a crazy storm, see that they're in trouble, see that they're in need of help, and then intends to walk past them? Church, I think it's important to know that God is not going to force himself on you. He's not going to force his help on you. He's not going to force you to love him. He's not going to force his moral obligation on you if you do not ask. He's not going to force himself into your boat when you're in this, in this uh, sea of trouble if you don't ask him, if you don't invite him into the situation. I think that's key. We need to be inviting Jesus into the storms of our life, right? We, we can't do it on our own. These storms are too much for us to handle. As we see, the disciples were rowing for hours in this crazy storm. This was way more than they could handle. They needed to invite Jesus into the situation. Jesus will not give you what you do not ask Jesus for. It's interesting to me as I was reading this, we see the disciples crying out in terror. And we see Jesus come to them. And what I find interesting is that the disciples just cried out. They weren't even crying out in faith, right? They were scared and they cried out to God. And in his compassion, he turns to us. You know what I think is so cool about our God and what is so beautiful about our God? No matter what we are going through, no matter how we're feeling, we can cry out to God. And you know what, we don't, we don't even, know, you know, sometimes we go through these storms in life and if they're so overwhelming that we don't even know what we want God to do, right? We're just, God, I just don't know. Like, I'm going through all these difficult situations. My life is, is, is crazy right now. I'm in a crazy storm. My life is in turmoil. My family is falling apart, uh, you know, and you go through this and you don't know, you know, you don't know when you cry out to God, you know even what you want. But that's okay, you know, scriptures don't say that the disciples cried out in faith. It says that they cried out in terror. And so, church, I think we can cry out to God no matter what we're feeling, when we're, feeling, when we're, when we're lacking doubt, when we're not sure we have enough faith, or, or, or when we're feeling angry towards God. Sometimes in different situations, we're angry that this stuff is going on, and we ask, why, God? But we can cry out to him. And what's so cool, that in his compassion, he hears us and turns to us. Amen? You know, another example that I was reading uh, is in Luke 24. And as actually, it was right after Jesus rose from the dead, so there was the empty tomb. And two of his disciples were on the road to Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And so they were talking, they were discussing what happened in the past three days with, with Christ's death, and, and then now they're hearing reports of this empty grave. And Jesus himself ends up walking alongside them. How many remember this story, or I've heard this story before? Well, what, what, what's neat is that the disciples had no idea that it was Jesus himself walking alongside them. And later, if you read this, this is in Luke 24, you can see in the scriptures, Jesus walked ahead as if he were going on. And if you read it, you'll, you'll see later that the disciples urged Jesus 
to stay with them. And you know, if the disciples didn't urge Jesus to come stay with them, he would have passed them by. It was their invitation that resulted in him revealing himself to them. It was their invitation that Jesus revealed himself to them. How many times in life uh, do we go through these storms, these difficult situations, and we forget to invite Jesus into them? We forget to invite Jesus into our boat, right? How many times have we just missed that? Church, I think we should invite him into the difficulty. You know, if you're here today and you're in the middle of a storm, I would encourage you just to cry out to God. Invite him. You know, God wants to take you where you haven't intended to go in order to produce in you what you cannot achieve on your own. God wants to take you where you haven't intended to go in order to produce in you what you cannot achieve on your own. You know, he has a larger plan for your life, and he wants to be the one that goes through storms with you. You know, and I don't, you know, oftentimes when, when we're going through these difficult situations, we'll, we'll hear our, our Christian brother, you know, you know, slap Jeremiah 29, 11 on it, and which is, you know, that's truth, right? You know, for I know the plans I have for you as the Lord. It's kind of, but it's kind of like, it feels like a pat on the head and like, you know, I don't want to handle this difficult situation, so... You know, if you love the Lord, it's going to go good. But that's hard. And, you know, I think the Lord wants us to turn to him when we're feeling all these different emotions, when we're feeling angry. He, he doesn't expect us to have everything together before we go to him, right? Am I right? Amen. Man. And what's neat is this next part. You know, when the disciples were in the storm, you know, Jesus, when he was up on the hill praying, he could have, you know, he, he knew his disciples were in trouble. He could have calmed that storm right where he was. He didn't have to walk down the mountain. He didn't have to walk on the water out to them. He's powerful enough to remove the difficulty right where he is. But he doesn't do that. <clears throat> if all Jesus wanted to do was remove the difficulty, he wouldn't have had to take the walk. And church, what we see by Jesus coming down that hill and walking on the water towards his disciples, we see that Jesus is not interested in the difficulty. He's after the people in the middle of the difficulty. He's not interested in just removing the difficulty. He's interested in you in the middle of the difficulty. <clears throat> we go back to Matthew in verse 14, excuse me, chapter 14, verse 27, it says, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him. I love Peter. Man, Peter has some guts, what he's about to say, right? He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come you on the water. Uh, what does Jesus say? He says, come. And you know what? I, you know, I admire Peter because you know what? If I was Peter and I was out in that, if I was in that situation and I'm in that boat and it's rocking back and forth and there's 10-foot waves 
crashing over. I don't know how big the waves were, but I've been rowing for hours, and I've, I've given up hope, and I know that, you know, I'm probably going to die out in this storm. You know, telling Jesus to, to tell me to come out on the water is probably not the first thing that I'm thinking about saying, right? Am I, am I the only one? If I was Peter, I'd be like, Jesus, like, hello, do you see what's going on right now? You're just waltzing on the water, and there's a storm. Take away the storm. But that's not what happens. <laughs> Peter says, yeah, you know, I think it's a good idea to come out there, so tell me to come out there. <laughs> Man. But here's, this, here's the thing that we, I think we can pull from. Peter didn't ask for the situation to be changed. He didn't ask for the situation to be removed, or he didn't ask for the, the, difficult to be, the difficulty to be taken away. What Peter asked for was a command in the middle of the storm. You know, church, what if we, uh, when we're going through these difficult situations, instead of asking, why God? Why am I the only one getting rained on? Am I the only one that's going through the storms? God, do you even care? Am I doing this by myself? Instead of asking, why God? What if we ask, what God? What do you have for me in this storm? I know it's tough. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. You know, we, we later read uh, um, that Peter started to doubt, right? And he started to sink. And he started to doubt that Jesus could protect him in the storm. He started looking around. He started uh, uh, thinking that he had to do it on his own strength or his own understanding, right? And we see that Jesus had to reach down and had to save him. You know, the storms in life and the difficult situations that we face are meant to be done side by side with Jesus. What would it look like when we're going through these, these situations that if we invite Jesus into our boat, right? As soon as Jesus got into the boat, the wind and the waves were calm. And then the disciples recognized who Jesus was, and they said, truly, you are the Son of God. And actually, if you look at, back at Mark, it said that the disciples were completely astounded, for they did not know or understand from the loaves, right? They didn't understand uh, uh, the miracle that Jesus did just uh, prior, right? They found out that Jesus not only could be their provider, but they could also be their protector. I love that. You know, if you continue to read in the scriptures, you see the disciples do incredible things in Jesus' name. And I would argue that this storm that they went through helped to shape them, helped to mold them, helped equip them for God's plan for their lives. And I know that if you're, if you're here today and you're, you're going through a storm, you're like, Kyle, that's, that's easier said than done. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. But I think we can cry out to God no matter what we're going through, no matter what emotion we're feeling. And like I said, in his compassion, he turns and he hears us. And that's a beautiful thing. So what is, what is, what is God trying to craft in you right now? Is it, a, is it a faith 
that's going to take uh, root in the, in, in the deepest moments of difficulty? And are you willing to cry out when those storms come? Are you willing to cry out to him asking for a command? God, what do you want me to do? I'm feeling this way and I'm, I'm feeling hopeless and I'm feeling discouraged. What do you want me to learn from this? And honestly, he wants you to come to him. And you don't have to have it all together. My goodness, if we had it all together, we wouldn't need God. You don't need to know it all. Just cry out to him. And in his compassion, he hears us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Dearly Father, I just thank you for this time where we're able to spend in your word and worship, Lord. And Lord, I ask that if there's anybody here that is going through a difficult situation and they haven't uh, had the opportunity to cry out to you, Lord, to, to say that, hey, I can't do this on my own. Lord, I ask that they would, would, would call on your name, Lord, and that they would invite you into their situation, that they would invite you into their life, Lord. We know that you sent your son to die on the cross, Lord, that we would have this relationship with you, Lord, that we were, we were able to be in community with you, Lord, and that we wouldn't have to go through life alone. If there's anybody here this morning, Lord, I just ask that they would just call out to you and invite you into their boat in the midst of the difficulty. I thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you uh, for this morning and this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.